It's Bioswales and Cattails this November 30th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. Tomorrow, the United Nations Climate Change Conference will begin in Lima, Peru. The hope is that this conference will lay the foundation for a new climate change agreement in Paris in 2015, replacing the Kyoto Protocol. The world's biggest polluter, China, is coming to the conference saying that developed countries must do more than their less wealthy counterparts to tackle climate change. Many observers feel the 2009 Copenhagen Climate Summit failed because developed nations balked at taking the bulk of the responsibility. Meanwhile, the Chinese government is attempting to address its water crisis and will spend around $80 billion to build 2,700 miles of waterways to move water from the south to the north. To give you some idea of how much money China is spending, if Hoover Dam in the United States were built today, it would cost about $700 million. China is spending more than 10 times that amount. Making the water crisis in China even more severe is the quality of the groundwater. More than 60% is either bad or very bad quality, and about half of China's freshwater lakes are polluted. Last summer, Egypt announced plans to double the size of the Suez Canal, the passageway that connects the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. It's still the fastest way to sail from Asia to Europe, a shortcut that brings Egypt $5 billion of revenue a year. And it also brings something else, invasive species. Beneath the decks of large cargo ships are thousands of creatures that settle in and damage the local ecology and coastal fishing economies. Scientists have documented more than 350 invasive organisms that have passed through the canal and established themselves in the Mediterranean. And that number is growing as Mediterranean waters warm and become more hospitable to the Red Sea's tropical species. Possible countermeasures included the creation of a barrier with highly salted water at the canal's exit, or engineering a strong current to make it difficult for sea creatures to migrate. The Suez Canal once had a natural barrier called the Bitter Lakes, whose waters were so salty they hindered the passage of sea life. But because the canal has been enlarged over time, the lakes have lost their effectiveness. In Alberta, Canada, one method of extracting oil from sand deposits is to use mining methods that use tailings ponds to settle and reclaim water. The water in these ponds can be quite hazardous. A new Canadian government report has confirmed that oil sands tailings ponds are releasing toxic and potentially cancer-causing chemicals into the air. Recently, more than 100 birds were found dead after coming into contact with the ponds. One oil sands company was earlier fined $3 million Canadian for the deaths of more than 1,600 ducks that landed on one of its tailings ponds in 2008. If you're planning a trip to the Big Apple sometime next spring or summer, don't miss the Bioswales. No, it's not a new Broadway show. Bioswales are trench-like gardens nestled in sidewalks that collect stormwater running down gutters and prevents it from flowing into sewers. Bioswales have the capacity to collect and absorb more than 4 million gallons of stormwater when it rains. 
And that's important because New York stormwater and sewer systems are combined. That means during heavy downpours, storm drains are overwhelmed and send runoff and untreated sewage into local waterways. Climate change has the potential to bring strong and more frequent storms, so the benefits of bioswales could be significant. In a city with many impervious surfaces like streets, rooftops, parking lots, and sidewalks, bioswales filled with trees and native shrubs have the added asset of providing a greener landscape, cleaner air, increased shade, and cooler temperatures during the summer. And finally, new research unveiled last Monday explains the burning question, how do dogs and cats drink water? More specifically, why are cats neatly sipping from water bowls, but dogs smash, slosh, spill, and splash their way to quenching their thirst? The findings, which were presented at a meeting of the American Physical Society, were meant to unravel the mystery of how the animals drink, given neither can close their cheeks tightly enough to create suction the way humans do. In 2010, engineers at Princeton University and MIT discovered how cats lap water. Basically, felines touch their tongues to the water's surface without penetrating it and pull up a column of liquid. Just before gravity pulls the water down, cats shut their mouths over the top of the column, swallow, and repeat. When scientists started this latest study, they thought they would learn that dogs drink the same way cats do. Not so. Cats' tongues gently touch the water's surface, but dogs smash through it, creating a force of up to eight times gravity. And the bigger the dog, the bigger the column of water. Which explains why St. Bernard's, but not Chihuahuas, turn kitchen floors into lakes. Proving once and for all, as anyone who watches YouTube cat videos will tell you, cats rule and dogs drool. And now they'll have the scientific evidence to prove it. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.